and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Annihilation, directed by Alex Garland and released in 2018. The plot of Annihilation, such as it is, goes like this. A biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. And as we have been doing, uh, we'll do a quick spoiler-free section on Annihilation. Katie, should people see this movie? If they want to. I don't see why not. I mean, it's going to appeal to a very specific subset of people, but if you want to see it, sure. If you liked Ex Machina, then watch Annihilation. Yes. If you like trippy sci-fi movies, watch Annihilation. If you like the book, I'm not sure. Um, There's a lot of changes. Yeah. And I don't know how much – we'll get into it later because we both read the book for this one for once. But, uh, I mean, it's got some good performances in it. Um, it's quite a sort of weird hypnotic experience. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to say watch this movie and partly because of how terribly it's been treated. It mm. only got a cinematic release in, I think, the US and everywhere else, including here in Australia, it's been dropped onto Netflix. Uh, and so we just watched it on Netflix when it, it's, when it was released. And I feel like that is unfair. Mm, and I feel like that too. It's, uh, it's no weirder than Ex Machina. No. Um, it's weird and the novel's weird. but it's I, got... Actually, I do think it's weirder than Ex Machina. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a bit less mainstream and it's a bit less – it's a bit out there. It remind, what it actually reminds me of is um, the Darren Aronofsky film we watched a few years ago, The Fountain. Oh, yeah. It reminds me a bit of that. Now, we didn't like that, to be fair. But I don't know. I, I want people to see it just because I want weird lady-led sci-fi to be seen. Mm. But at the same time, it is very out there. And it's um, yeah, like it'll, it's a, it's yeah. Look, it's not weirder than Mother. No, no. <laughs> and that was that got a mm. wide cinematic release and, last and year. And like Mother, it's got like Natalie Portman's excellent in the lead. Like she does what Natalie Portman does. I think Tessa Thompson for my, was me for me was probably the standout of the supporting cast. But they're all really good, and Oscar Isaac is in it. I found this much more enjoyable to watch than Mother. Yeah. Um, because, well, for reasons and we'll probably fountain, get into which later. which we'll also get into. Yes, and, and for reasons that we can talk about later on. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's not unenjoyable. It's just really strange. So just go in knowing it's going to be really strange. And Oscar Isaac's hair is terrible in this, and I don't know why. Mm. Apparently it shot at the same time as The Last Jedi. What is the excuse for his hair in this movie? I but yeah, maybe Alex Garland just can't make an Os- a movie with Oscar Isaac in it without messing up his appearance in some way. Yeah, and yeah, the the Star Trek Star Trek whoops <laughs> the Star Trek hair department by the way are heroes, but the Star Wars hair, hair department are probably bigger and more well resourced than the Annihilation hair department. True, and there was a there was a like an attempt at doing like you know two different hairstyles, but to probably get it, get into that in the spoiler section. Yep, so we will get into the spoiler section because this movie is so weird, it's really hard to talk about it without talking spoilers. Yeah, also, you know how my brain is not really in, been in the breast... In the breast place. <laughs> well, that's... Anyway, no, no, I'm not going to make any of those bad jokes. Um, I, I Katie have... is deep in the middle of her second novel, in writing her second novel, so yeah. Yes, my brain is fuzzy and this didn't help. With that at all. And I spent a lot of it trying to recall the book, which mm. I couldn't recall particularly well, except for being it being more of an experience than a story in any way. Mm. Um, and uh, that didn't help me much either. But it's um, I found it more enjoyable than The Fountain and Mother because they go into a lot of really deep philosophical religious 
that's claptrap that I don't hold with much. <laughs> Whereas this was much more, um, it's very heady intellectualism, but it's stuff that is rooted in science fiction, which is more interesting to me. And in fact, there's a scene where explicitly Natalie Portman's character is shown ridiculing um, Oscar Isaac for being a bit spiritual. So, oh, no, 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 she isn't. They just she just kind of makes fun of it, of his sort of talking about God and the stars and stuff. Oh she, well, no, she's teasing him about the romanticism, but not about being religious. No, no, no. But she's kind of it's she, it, she, she you she, can she, it sets her up as having not that kind of Aronofskian. God complex yes. view of the world, but but that that scene is more respectful to a divide between religion and science than I'd say the fountain is. Oh, yeah, because it sort of goes well. He believes in God, and she may or may not believe in God, but they're having a discussion about whether or not God makes mistakes, and neither of them is ridiculing the other for it and then he talks about but then he's talking about like romant being romantic mm -hmm. and we're looking at the same stars and fate and that sort of thing and she doesn't really believe in that no, and she I thinks think. that's quite silly yeah but i mean it's shown to be a perfectly cute funny respectful mm. <laughs> interaction. And it yeah i i really like that too the um i think the science is uh, is explained a little better in the movie than the book in fact i found i mean they're very different experiences they're both weird in their own unique ways and the plot of the movie is quite different from the book and what I thought was the major part of the book barely gets a show in in the movie but I thought the movie did a much better job of explaining the science stuff just the basic things like everything sharing the DNA that was not so clear in the book and also I think the fact that she's a biologist and in film you're a much better able to show the plants and the animals and all that kind of stuff I think for me, is a better experience because I had trouble imagining all the different plants and animals and things that they talk about in the book that she's so enthralled about. But, but in the movie, it's a really beautiful, rainbow, colourful experience of seeing the plants and then a really scary experience of seeing these weird hybrid animals. And it's kind of – it's much more visceral to me, much more obvious what's going on. Yeah. Whereas I, as I'm sure you would know, had a – very easy time picturing an entire world of plants and animals that don't exist in real life. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing. I didn't. I, if I had trouble, you would have had no chance. I didn't see. I, I didn't. Nothing. Like, I, I didn't got realize. Nothing. In fact, the picture of in my head of the book is actually very quite quite basic. Like to me, they camp for a lot of the book at you know the old military base, and then mm. they go on excursions to the tower, which is really a cave, which really ends up happening at the end of this movie, and then try they're trying to get to the Lighthouse. I always saw the tower. Uh, saw. I always thought of the tower as more of a tunnel than a cave. Mm. Like, yes. But the writer and all that stuff, and it's just not in this. And I was like, why? Because that was that is for me very baffling. Because that was what I remember from the book, mm. like the major part of the book. The movie managed to be a lot more about a man <laughs> than oh. you would think from the book being almost entirely about four women with just some flashbacks of her yeah. husband and some journals from him. Five women, but yeah. yeah, Five. I always forget the yeah, tuna girl. Yeah, that's exactly right. The, um, I, like I know you've got Oscar Isaac and he's very lovely and very charming and you want to put him on screen as much as you can, but there really wasn't that level of flashback in the book. The There's difference between pre-Shimmer Oscar Isaac and post-Shimmer Oscar Isaac is incredible. The kind of... Bec and it's so – I know that they were trying to hide it with Natalie Portman a bit more, mm. but it's it's so, like, 
visceral. Mm. You know, the minute she sees him, you're like, that's not him. And we haven't even seen him be happy, friendly, flashback Oscar Isaac, but you just know, you know. there's something wrong. And he's so, yeah. in spite of all the stuff that's going on in this with the accent and the hair and everything, he's so good mm. <laughs> at just like giving you what's going on with him without being able to explain it or allowed to explain it or anything, you know, mm. it's really good and not getting a lot of actual yeah, screen time where he's a person. Mm. Like most of the time he's just unconscious or, or um, crazy, mm. like, you know, whatever's going on with the shimmer or whatever. So just when you said that, it's like, most of the time he's unconscious or crazy and I'm like, I do like that this, they've reversed this role, that this is someone's husband who's yes. going through this and not a wife. Anyway, I like that too. And and but the thing is it just manages to be about him so much whereas mm. the book is really not about men at all and not not really about him. Once she gets in there, it's really about what she has to go through and what she's dealing with there and the team is a lot it's a lot more about the, what the team's going through. And her own background is much more important yes. to her in the book. One thing that I really remember is her thinking about when she was a little kid and she was really into the pond in her backyard and how mm. it changed and watching all of that stuff happen because that's really one of the only insights you get to her as a person and as a character and you don't get any of that in this. Mm. Um, her as a biologist is very secondary whereas it's much more um, the focus in the book, which I found a little disappointing because it's, I mean, this is a movie with all female leads. Mm. You'd think that you'd do something, dif- be able to do something different and they do – it's not glamorous. It's it lacks vanity. You know, they're not mm. prettied up or anything. More of them no. have their hair down than you'd think they would in that area. But still, it's not like anybody. You know, is is no. They're wearing like basic army fatigues, and they're they're covered like they're you know the kind of t shirts and long sleeves and boots that you would wear on this kind of a mission. Right. So it's um not a lot of makeup. It's definitely not as problematic on that front as say Ex Machina, mm. um, which has some definite gender things going on but it's also the book is so like unusual in that the the way that it portrays women and Mm. has this all women team and it's not really commented on except oh they're trying something different with this team you know yeah um, oh yeah all women scientists she's going in because of what's happened to her husband she is but also it's she sort of has her own reasons and there's also a seems like a longer period of time like because it's a novel you can sort of you live in her head but the period of separation between when the incident happens with him coming back into the house and when she actually goes in there's actually a bit of time of her getting ready to go and learn and and having to spend time with him in that form mm. and and him knowing he's not him which would mm. have more of a psychological impact it's just immediate he gets home they have mm. a little chat and suddenly he's rushed off to the hospital yeah. you know it's like Every, but that's this whole thing. It's I think it could have spent a lot more time, you know, just settling us into the experience of the movie. Because the thing that mm. worked well about Ex Machina was actually the sets and the atmosphere and the, mm. the that's what it was. It's an atmospheric movie. This is an atmospheric book. You'd think he'd be perfect to do it, but I feel like he plots it up too much. Yeah, like he puts too much explanation on things. Not the sciencey stuff, which is great. I really like having Tessa mm. Thompson and Natalie Portman discuss all the science that's going on, mm. while Gina Rodriguez is like, "That's not possible." But um, <laughs> um, but I I enjoy that. You know, it. But having it, it's too much framing. Mm. 
and I I felt like we didn't need that much no. framing. We could have just d- got dumped in with them and learned all that through flash forward and flashback after we'd already spent a little yeah. time sinking into the skin of yeah I, uh, and the experience of because that. Because when we first get dropped in and she wakes up and she's like, what's going on? And she just they, she doesn't remember anything other than walking in and they've lost four days. That's the really interesting stuff and it's mm. a really interesting component of the novel. I won't go too far because I don't want to spoil people who haven't read the novel, but there is more to what's going on with them psychologically in terms of like what being there – is doing to them, they're being stuck in that camp, not knowing what's going on, things being fuzzy. We don't really go back to that. The camera does a really good job even. Like she wakes up and everything's, all the camera work is, is a bit fuzzy and then it mm. clears up as they move on during the day. I feel like we could have stayed that you, that that kind of the mind fuckness of the place. Yeah. You, you want to actually do that to the audience a bit more instead of pulling them out all the time to a flashback or another thing that happened. But also I feel like the mind fuckness is – um, not just in constantly scaring people, no, or showing the horror of the place. No, no, th- it's it's mm. that stuff of like waking up in your tent and not remembering setting up the tent, and also you've gone through four days of that's much more terrifying than it is. But it's also they, and then they have conversations about it, and they and there's a psychologist there, and they're all working through mm. that, mm. and they're all professionals. And it's also, but you can see it start chipping away at people and, yeah. you know, you've got the person who's too comp- compulsive and the person who's too scared and, and things yeah. like that and the person who's too kind and you sort of, and they start to unpick slowly. But um, it also means that you get more of a sense of the beauty of the place and the fascination of the place, like that they're drawn to it while also being repulsed by it and stuff mm. like that is something that the movie plays with a little Mm. but could have done more with you, you need more of that heart of darkness stuff they start to like they when they're like um, paddling down the river in their boats and stuff it it needs to kind of stay with that yeah but that's too expositiony too it's like oh all of us have problems yeah the, the, <laughs> no i've it, got to stop calling her the tuna lady um tuba Novotny. Tuva, thank you but I, but sort of when they started that scene, I was like, oh, I just got a bit of a Apocalypse Now vibe. And then it kind of undercuts that with all its various flashbacks and useless flashbacks. Like she had an affair with another professor. What? Completely yeah, unnecessary. That made me really I – don't, I don't remember that happening. No, and it was also just unnecessary. Like it didn't add anything. Well, it, it makes uh, – yeah, I don't think it does either. I think it's about her – like I guess it's supposed and to the show self-destruction. And yeah, her. she was so sad and self-destructive after all this time without her husband. But like we can see that anyway. Oh, but he was there. I, I swear that happened before he left. Right. So I'm a hundred percent sure. Maybe it's showing she was already like sad and self-destructive before. Well, uh, I just they- feel like she wouldn't have sex with another man in her, like her and her husband's bed, if he was still alive. Then why that, does I, that like? I feel like that's a line. Why does the professor say, you think he's found out, you, yeah, he knows right. about no, us. No, he does. Oh, and then damn. she says, I know why you left. It's clear that they were having sex before he left. He found out about it and then he goes yeah. the day earlier. Yeah. That's the implication of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, that is right. But it's also like it just doesn't add anything to the, the whole story. I it just takes it- up time. Yeah, I I, th- I agree with you. I think it's – but there is a thing about the self-destructiveness that they have yeah. a conversation. She talks to Jennifer like Jason Lee about how they we all just self-destruct in some way. Yes, and, and, and also she's also shown, 
like her character is shown. She's the first one in when um, Tuvanavati gets taken by the crocodile, and she like she will often not always, but she often heads first. She's the first one to like pick up plants and touch things, like being the biologist. So and she also, she's also the like main dealer with um, you icky know, things. dead bodies and icky things because she's the biologist, right? Which is interesting. Not the paramedic, the biologist. She she she's not a paramedic in the. There's no. No, she's the another. Paramedic, um, right. She's a, I think another kind of scientist. I, I thought there was a geologist. No, there's somebody who's a. She, I I remember her character in the book because I remember her annoying Gina Rodriguez annoying me. She goes like full Michelle Rodriguez in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is definitely um heading for that, like vying for that crown in this, which is funny mm-hmm. because Gina Rodriguez is typically like comedic romantic fair, and this mm. one she's very different. But although I did say to you, I think it, it's the performance is very big, and I think it suits someone who's a television actor. Mm. It's quite a big performance for a cinematic movie and but she's meant to be she's yeah, meant yeah, no, to be I'm the one who I'm not saying it's wrong I'm just saying yeah. that's what it is she's she's the one who reacts ah, that yeah. in big ways yeah the, the biologist anthropologist psychologist and the surveyor right in the novel so that's only four though isn't yeah, it yeah I thought there was five I really did think there was another person see I keep saying four I think there might have only always been four in the book maybe and I feel like maybe the Tuva Novotny and Tessa Thompson roles have been split. Split. Yeah. I think it's those two. And then one of those guys, I think possibly the surveyor is mm. the irritating. Yeah, is- no, she is. Cause, and, and that's the what they've morphed Gina Rodriguez into because she's the one who's good with guns and like. Yes. Yeah, she's a bit more blue collar. And, and I was yeah. going to say, isn't there somebody who does like like maps and stuff? Surveyor. <laughs> Which is the surveyor. Yeah. And then, yeah. That well, makes yeah, no. Sense. And it makes it. And the. Well, and it makes sense why I keep thinking there's only four. Yeah. And the psychologist, yeah, which mm. is – I mean, that role is very much the same. Yes, yeah. It kind of has to because it has plot importance, I think. And there's two more books, which we haven't read, but it has plot importance to the the, the movie and the future stories. I don't know why they insist on giving them all names. That was very odd. Like, yeah, I understand giving Lena the name and Dr. Mm. Ventress the name. Yeah, I I think they did have that I feel relationship like Ventress, before. Yeah, had a name in the books. Maybe not. I don't know. She did in the books, uh, not in the first book that I've read. I don't think. Right, because her and Lena both come back in later books. But they have to um, refer to each other by the jobs in the book, and mm. I think it would have been beneficial in the movie to do that as well instead of giving them all names. And mm. but I think that's also a connection thing. Yeah. Which you need in movies, which I kind of get, but it it makes it gives it that weird edge. Mm. But it also means that you're more focused on what they can, what they do, and what they can do, yeah, rather than the ways in which they're messed up. Mm-hmm. It's just more interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's more. Um, I I I I miss them being professionals. Yeah, <laughs> and taking their professions into this and that sciencey aspect of it. Yeah. Which the fantasy aspects take over in the movie, right? Especially because, yeah, which is something I don't normally complain about. I'm mm. not that big into sci- high fiction, high science fiction, or anything like that. Like it doesn't mm. have to be perfectly sciencey yeah, and devoid of emotion. Accessible. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah, it's and more no- interesting to me if they're trying f- f- to fight this all the time with their and trying to understand it all the time as through scientists. the prism of their expertise right because they've been sent in there because they have certain expertise right rather than just acting like any people and in any action you movie. could have you could have also done the 
rather than calling him the psychologist, they could have been like they could have shortened the names. You could have had like psych or shrink or yeah. um, medic or bio. You know, you could have actually shortened the name, shortened the titles, and made them names. Yeah, or done something that just focused a little more on them as as professionals. Yeah, yeah. As, as, you know, people who went in there to do a job instead of just piking at this first sign of. Mm. You know, I wouldn't have minded also to have a little bit of like a flashback on each of those professionals, like see Tessa Thompson in her lab work. And what- I would, yeah, because I feel like the movie works very well from one point of view, right? Because the fact that she's a copy at the end mm-hmm. is important if it's all been from her perspective. Yes, yes, and I, th- I don't. I wouldn't like to shift out of that perspective. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I think that's one of the things that does work about the movie. Mm. This is all her point of view on it. Yeah. And, and, there's and a the, moment- the Heart of Darkness stuff I was talking about before doesn't work if you don't stay in her perspective. Yeah. yeah. And there's a moment when Benedict Wong is talking to the copy at the end and he says, you lied to them. Mm. And she s- gives the reason why she's done that from her point of view, mm. right? And we understand from her point of view. Yes. And then – it gives you that sense that other people are doing things from their perspectives as well. Mm. And it gives you that sense of the ever-shifting kind of sand yeah. under her feet, that she's never yeah. quite sure what's going on. And the and shifting I like sand that. under our feet, because we don't know who is going to come back next movie. Like, there's very easily, you know, like, if, they're a co- if she's a copy, there may be other copies. Right. And it's interesting to um, – because – Whenever we theorize things about this movie, I was always like, well, it might not be mm. because there's no kind of – it's not that predictable a movie. And and our narrator and our perspective is unreliable. Exactly. So mm. you're never quite sure what's real and what's not and what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That Also, that scene where she burns everything down is great. Yeah. That was great. The whole thing was bizarre and great and I loved all of that. Mm. Yeah. Um, From what – I do kind of remember the um, – the lighthouse scene from the novel and it was quite convoluted yeah. and there was a real economy of narrative to the way that scene happened. Mm. Um, so I agree. I really liked that. Um, and struggling against the rainbow morph clone thing. And that was cool. Very, it was, it was very ex machinery. It but was great. so weird, but so, so well done. Mm. And, and it was that, that experience, that, that atmosphere, mm. Atmospheric kind of thing that I wanted more of from the rest of the movie. I feel like this movie almost is trying to be too <laughs> mainstream. Yeah, and I, and doesn't embrace the weird till right at the end. And that was beautiful. Like the you can see the woman who's playing the clone is a dancer, and Natalie Portman's got some dance training, and so they kind of the movement, the, yeah. that way that that dance, that ballet happens between the two of them at the end is so clever. It is really clever, and it's really cool looking, and it's mm. it is it, it's very invocative and thoughtful mm. and it does the things that I feel like the book does. Yeah. Even though it's f- not the same as well, the And book. because that it, that whole bit, basically from when she meets um, – oh, God, I've forgotten the actress Je- – Jennifer Jason Lee in the um, – it's called the tower in the book. I, think, I assume it's meant to be the tower in this, but it's basically in the cave mm. and the whole clone-making thing happens. From then, there's like – it's like 15 minutes with no dialogue mm. and you really are right in the story. Mm. There's no flashbacks. There's no weird stuff. You're just following what's going on with her and the cave and the lighthouse. Mm. And it's and that's the best part, really, right? It's, yes, I think so. Yeah. I, I didn't even I, – I got to the 
like I'd put down my phone and like everything. I was just sitting there going, yeah. like I need to concentrate. And I also sort of looked at my watch at the end and went, that's been like 15 minutes yeah. with no dialogue and really good music, which you, is in your head. You it said. is, which is strange because it's really odd music, but the it's in my head, which means, I, I think, which means it's a good score. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did like the score. And yeah, I feel like if it had embraced, I don't know, I, I would have liked it more if it had embraced him a lot more of that earlier yeah and relegated oscar isaac to a smaller role i'm sorry i know that's a betrayal of everything i believe in Um, i I would have happily relegated him yep and relegated all of the relegated the professor all the affair professor altogether yeah but also you know had a little less of the benedict wong's yeah i think it would have been really interesting if we'd had just 15 minutes of the beginning of the movie with no explanation Mm. and then suddenly we're in a flash forward to benedict wong at the end Mm. questioning her or something like that Mm. like i think that would have been really kind of disorienting and interesting and i think disorienting is something the movie could have gone for more Mm. because orienting us too much made the weird stuff stand out more and be harder to palette. But if we knew that the weird stuff was the whole point and earlier, it also, it does then the grounding stuff of the other things would be a welcome break and relief. Yeah. Well, and, and in that bit at the beginning with Benedict Wong, where clone Natalie Portman's talking to him, she actually, like, tells us that the other characters are dead. Mm. And so it's not a surprise when that happens. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it's kind of a shock when people start dying. Yep. So I, and I, it could have been, you know, and you it, could have gone 15, 20 minutes yeah, in, and then somebody su- dies, and, and, and then we go to the flash forward. Right. And these are like, you know, I mean, the first person to die is the least well known actor, but like, then, <laughs> then it's Gina Rodriguez. So it's not like, but that's, that's, it's that's, a shock, like, to kill off a very, Gina Rodriguez. That's a very typical kind of thing, I Progression, think. Progression, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a shock to kill off a Gina Rodriguez. It's a shock to kill off a Tessa Thompson. So it wasn't a shock once she went all. I'm going to kill all of you. Yes, and cut your stomachs open. But it was a sh- would have been a shock when that happened. And it would have been a shock, and like it was kind of there was the the cool bit where um, the crocodile grabs um, Ava Novotny. Oh no, Tessa Thompson first up, and it's cool because you're like, wait, what? And it throws you, and it should throw have thrown you more by not telegraphing it at the beginning. Mm. Yeah, um, I feel like they focused a little too much on the scary creatures. Yeah, um, they were not as big a factor in the book and the, although the scene in the in the sh- house once the scary creature came in was really great oh my god yes when they're tied um, up but oh that's what i was gonna say the soldiers seem to all be still um communicating well and in it together and trying to figure things out more than the scientists mm. for a longer period of time mm. that is a problem for me because why and don't just tell me it's because this movie wanted to condense the time period. No, that's, that's cheap. You know, mm. like, because the, they were all, the guy who was being cut open did it voluntarily, mm. clearly, from yeah, the, yeah. the footage. And the other guys were supporting him. And they were like, you know, they were trying to work things out together still. But the scientists fell apart so quickly. Yeah. There's an, and I think it is because it's an economy thing for the movie, but I think that's it, – it, it does feel quick, especially like Gina Rodriguez goes from being slightly mad to tying people up in chairs and holding them at gunpoint within a fairly short time frame. 
Well, seconds in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Or mi- minutes in the movie. And it just happens. And it happens like not long after they're having a really sweet scene in a meadow where Tessa Thompson and Natalie Portman are geeking out over the plant stuff and Gina Rodriguez is going, oh, yeah, right. And yeah. like they're, they're having a fun little scene. Well, that's of not – it's working creepy together. and weird. But it's – But it's, they are working together. But, and that's Yeah, but it's kind of nice. Like it's yeah. a, I thought it was a nice scene of – Working together and figuring things out and solving problems. Solving problems. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what this was missing. Give them connections to each other. Mm. Have them work out the problems together. Have them talk to each other about what's going on and then have them unravel. Then we feel the mm. unraveling. Yeah. Also, them all meeting before they went in and knowing each other's names and having that camaraderie before they went in feels a little mm. odd. I don't know. Not. Yeah. I mean, I should stop comparing it to the book, but even for the movie, I just – kind of wonder if it wouldn't have been better if it hadn't framed so much. Yeah, I mean... Spent so much time outside of the Shimmer. I, d- I didn't actually mind them meeting outside the Shimmer. I, I Like, it, it's, it was okay. Like, I got the idea that that had happened in the book as well. So, I didn't really mind that too they much. They don't know each other's names, do they? I'm sure they don't. I can't remember. Or not um, supposed to. I don't. I don't remember. I don't really think that's important. But I would have liked... More time, like the other thing that the book does quite well that where in the movie this whole happens in a matter of minutes, the, that through the unraveling is that like the team has to reform after they lose a member. So they mm. lose someone who had, and because they're all a different type of scientist, they all mm. had a particular skill set. So like at the end there, Tessa Thompson's character and, and Natalie Portman's character are left alone together and that's really hard because there's no one who can read a map, for mm. example. Like they're not experienced in that, so then they have to work out how to get by without their surveyor mm. skills, or like, um, or if it was the three of them without the the psychologist, you know, you've mm. got to kind of I I that that kind of having to work together and solve problem stuff is something I would have liked more of. Yeah, more of the you know science. Yeah, basically. But um, and and then they could have done some stuff that would be interesting character-wise instead of just – and this is a – to me, I think Alex Garland is a very intellectual filmmaker mm-hmm. and I had this, a similar problem with Ex Machina in that it's better as an idea than a movie. <laughs> Honestly, I think this book and movie might be better as an idea, but yeah. But for a book – well, books don't have to follow – I mean, movies don't, I suppose, either, but – you you don't you can um have that atmospheric kind of thing yeah because the book allows you to be more inside the head of the person you're people you're following yeah exactly and um yeah but also even when it comes down to the dialogue it's quite stilted and unnatural Mm. to me a lot of the time it's like Oh, we've all we're all broken in some way. She wears long sleeves, so you don't see the scars. Oh, she was trying to kill herself. No, she mm. was trying to feel. That is it stuff a husband is like, or a child? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. stuff. You know, it's like it's kind of on the nose and not. It feels unnatural. Yeah. Yes, Jennifer Jason Lee does a good job of the character she's supposed to be playing, but it's she's so difficult from the start as well. Like she's not. There's never a moment where you don't aren't suspicious of her yeah and i think he's supposed to be but she's not it's not just that it's like the way that she speaks is so kind of 
distant from any kind of humanity that you oh, would yeah, recognize. Oh, yeah, when she's talking in her office to Nat- Natalie Portman, she's like, yeah. so after six months, you stopped calling your husband CEO. And like, yeah. It was a really weird way of framing all the questions. She was just, it was very strange. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very, mm. um, it's just very unnatural. Yeah. And so though I think that he struggles with those connections and those mm. sorts of things. And I do think he's also very a conceptual kind of filmmaker rather than a plot-driven one necessarily. Right, when he was very interested when, in all the, oh, look at all these plants that share the same DNA backbone. And when the um, the plot stuff happens, that I think that's why it just feels a bit kind of clunky mm. when it's like, and then this animal attacked them and then yeah. this animal oh, attacked whoops, them. Whoops, we better put in a line of, to, of explaining why she wears long sleeves and like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That doesn't cu- feel natural. Mm. But having talks about how all the DNA is refracted and, mm. and why the plants look like people just kind of is lively. Yes, you know, and alive. much better. And that's why that scene feels light is because it's in his comfort zone. And that's why the, the finale is also in his comfort yes, zone. Yes, exactly, because they don't have to talk. <laughs> no. And they don't have to make sense. It can just be an idea. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. And I know, I mean, it's, it seems really um, picky because the, what I normally like is the opposite of that. But this movie doesn't work as what I normally like. Mm. It's not going to work that way. It just doesn't, mm. you know, as being a movie that is that is a simple story, a simple story told well. Yes, that's not what this is. It's nope. a big idea. It, I, I did, yeah, and it is a pretty good experience. I did very much get caught up in it, even Me though we were watching it on TV, and it was like late, and you know, we just come off doing an hour of live radio before. It's still. I was still very much engaged with it. I, you, you said to me, oh, I'll probably end up looking at my phone. And I thought the same. I barely could. I, I did for a attention. whole chunk in there, but only in the stuff where it got like, I don't know, uh, the, the, you know, the bits where it was just, and then this animal attacks them and yeah, then yeah. they go to this next place and then this next animal attacks them and then a weird thing happens. And, yeah, yeah. And it, where it's not like... But I, I found myself surprisingly, like, really engaged with it. I'm not don't always engage with films I watch at home yeah. in the way I do Same. in the cinema. So I did find it really engaging, and I kind of I came away feeling like I enjoyed it. So I'm kind of, yeah, I like it. It has a lot of flaws, but it also kind of intrigues me. Yeah, me too. I think it really gets going once they're in the shimmer, mm. um, which is odd because that was when I was not paying as much attention. But you have to kind of follow along a little bit before mm. that but it really well it really gets going when they're i don't know when something from the shimmer is affecting them yes it becomes interesting but when they're just kind of going what's this strange thing what's this next strange thing mm. help an animal bit me um it's uh, i don't i see that the crocodile in the house thing didn't work very well for me mm. Mostly because I was like, oh, look, it's the Star Wars trash compactor monster. Um, <laughs> again, in every... The bit that worked best for me was when Tessa Thompson disappeared suddenly. That yes, was, that to was me, good. that was the best bit of that. The rest of it was not as interesting. Yes. Because um, there's that... But that, yeah, if and again, there's that up. not enough of that time spent, like, establishing that team dynamic of, like, the weirdness that's going on. And- or almost making it... They almost make it dull in the book, like it's... And then today, you know, they the the chronicling of it. Mm. They could do a little montage of them chronicling 
they've been to this place, they've been to that place, you know, mm. like, and, and do something that makes it well, their new normal for a yeah, little while. That, well, that's what I mean, because. And then it, suddenly change, pull that away from us. Cause it never the, feels that, that they've got the hang they, of the place. Yeah, before and they, it, yes. They never to, get before settled. it rips the rug out from under them. Right. And they, every place they go, there's something scary about it, but. That's that was in the book. They do anchor you in the base, mm. like there is like a little safe zone, mm. and and it would mean that like when you see things like the hole in the fence, that's a big thing because they'd had this little safe zone, and then yeah. that's a an invasion into their territory, and it doesn't mean the same because they're already scared. And the beauty of it, and the interest in it, and stuff is, mm. you know, that's a bit lacking. Yeah, um, it feels a bit more cynical. Yeah. And less of their genuine interest in science, which they're all scientists. Mm. The, you'd feel like I feel like they that kind of desire mm. for exploration is lacking. Yeah, yes. Which is odd, considering that that's clearly something Alex Garland is very into. And also, like Natalie Portman's acting choices of her like running in and grabbing things, and like she's terrific in yeah. this. She is so not vain. Mm. And like it's it's so not about how she looks that she's able to just express things like a man in a movie. Yeah. Not in the way that I mean that she's like manly, like men get to do. Yes, like her face is her face. Yes. It's not it's not hidden under makeup. She's not tried told to cry prettily or anything. Exactly. She makes the faces that she's gonna make. Everything feels so real. And their hair looks greasy and wet and mm. not nice mm. and everybody kind of looks like that and it looks like they've been on an adventure now and they're and in the swamp like, yes which i believe they filmed it somewhere humid like i, I feel like i want to say florida but may not be right but they they actually filmed in like a swampy place so yeah. there's also like that they, they actually were hot and their hair was greasy and right but that's it's it's so great to see that yes. in a movie yes because men get to do this all the time mm, and women mm. so rarely do so this is one of the things that I think it's really great about getting to see a movie like Annihilation like kind of like Ghostbusters it's just relaxing it's right? really relaxing to get to see women be and that's why it's sad that it's not so focused on their jobs because it's great to get to see women doing their jobs and you know not having to look pretty being for them. performative second and yeah they don't have to do that because they're all women mm. so none of them care what the other ones look like no they're all so there's like, no, relaxed right so that well not relaxed but they don't they're not relaxed about their appearance though yes and like that that's not yeah it's not a focus they feel safe yes and and they can they that's not a focus that's not something that is even having an effect on them at this point mm, mm. they're not they're just focusing on what's ahead of them mm. the and the job that they're doing, which is why her being so focused on her husband is a little disappointing, Yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I also think the movie is um, – it's really shot interestingly, mm. but there's some things that are a little too washed out maybe. Like the focus on the pretty colors is so great, so yeah. when they're pulled away it's a bit odd. And I like the dreamlike kind of fuzziness of it and, and stuff. The rainbows and stuff that filter through in the light. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's so that's really cool. Mm. Yeah. I do like a lot of things about it. Yeah, me too. And that soundtrack is great. Yes. Anyway, um, shall we rate it? Yes. Um, I'm going to give Annihilation three and a half stars. Yeah. I'd say three and a half stars. Yeah, I want to say three and a half too because I think it's worth watching. I think I had a really good time watching it 
And I, I think, think there's a five-star movie in it. Yeah. That is kind of hampered by, I don't know if it's his choices or whether it's to make it more palatable or what. Yeah. But, yeah. Interference from studios or who knows. But, yeah, there's probably, yes, a better, uh, a, like, a better movie in there. But it's still, it's such a, such an experience. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.